Seed With Money podcast, an initiative of the Spending Planners Institute. Do you want to have less money stress, find solutions to your everyday money problems and take control of your life? Nobody fails with money on purpose, so every week the Succeed With Money podcast explores the causes of money stress and the solutions so our listeners can succeed with money. And now it's over to our hosts, David and Carolyn. Hi, David. Hi, Carolyn. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Hey, I I have to say I'm really enjoying this current series of podcasts. You think back over the last year and a bit that we've been doing this, there have been times when we've scratched our head and thought, what will be our topic for this week? But at the moment, it's like there is so much coming out of this topic of teaching kids about money. It's quite uh, like how are we going to fit it all in? <laughs> I know, I know. Every week we think of something else. Oh, that's right. We need to tell them this or we need to do this or we need to do that. I know it's just, um, I think I said last week, it's becoming bigger than Ben-Hur, but it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. And didn't we run out of time last week, David? We had so well, we much did. to talk about. Yeah, We did. In fact, it's, yeah, we're basically doing part two today. Mm-hmm so that we can get all of what we, we thought was important to get across actually covered. So yes, yes. Um, quick quick recap. So we had 10 money skills last week that we went through. That was what took up all the time. Mm-hmm. I will recap over them quickly right now, I think, but we certainly won't spend a half an hour doing it. Yeah. But these were 10 money skills that you and I came up with that we thought parents would want their adult children to have by the time they were adult children. Mm-hmm. Yep. And number one was understanding a need to be financially independent by the time they're adults. Number two was know how to be financially independent so they can provide for their own and their future family's needs. Yep. Number three was have a respect for their own and for other people's money. Number four was to be capable of and willing to help people who are less fortunate than, than themselves. Number five understand that they can't have everything they want so they need to make choices and set goals the the power of delayed gratification Mm -hmm. number six knowing that living week to week is a recipe for disaster so knowing how to manage the money so that it's there when it's needed Uh, number seven knowing the difference between good debt and bad debt and responsible ways to handle debt number eight we, we mentioned they need them to know about investing for future financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Number nine, I think, was important, never to compare yourself with others because yeah. you end up, you want to stand out from the crowd, let's face it. Mm-hmm. And number 10, recognising the dangers and getting advice from someone who is ahead of you and who you know well enough to trust. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So that didn't take 30 minutes, did it? No, not at all. Well done, David. <laughs> How did we take a half an hour last week just on those 10? I don't well, know. Well, there was a lot in those 10, I tell you. So, David, at the end of the podcast, we presented our listeners with two opposing thoughts on how they might go about teaching their kids to have these skills because we said, well, yep. here are the skills. So how do we do that? How do we teach them? So that, what were they? Great question. Yep. And that's where we want to go today, isn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So those two two uh, that we put forward, and, and I don't think for a moment that we were suggesting that it's either this or that and there's no other way, but it was just like, okay, here's, here's an idea. What do you think of these? And, and we put forward the thought of, A, hey, give them everything they want, and the other one was give them nothing that they want and make them work for it. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And so I think you, you put some stuff on Facebook about that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And so I actually thought, well, let's get some feedback from, from because we asked people to give us feedback after last week's podcast. So let's get yep. some feedback. And so I said, all right, the statement was, I want my kids to have everything that I never had as a child, right? And yep. I asked the question, do you agree or disagree? And is this a good strategy for bringing up your children? So essentially, um, we're saying strategy A, give them everything they've ever wanted, right? Everything that you missed out on as a kid, we want we want my kid to have it. Yep. So some of the comments that I got were were quite interesting. And the first one I really liked because this person said, I disagree. I want my kids to have everything they need, some of what they want, and to be thankful for what they have. I like that. That's, I really like that's that. pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. Um, another one said, everything is a big word. And no, they didn't get it. Grandies may give it to them. <laughs> I kind of agree with that one being a grandie. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoil the child and let the parents worry about how to deal with it later. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a great strategy, David. I like Sorry, that one. Spoil, spoil the grandchild and let the parents deal with yeah, it later. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, feed them ice cream and junk food and then send them home. <laughs> <laughs> and have them bouncing off the ceiling all night long. Not, yeah, not, our, problem. Yeah, not our problem. No, not at all. No. Um, yeah. So as someone else said they need to earn it, not just to be given everything they want. And, and this other one said, she actually said, I'd have to say I'm a fence sitter. I was taught to earn money for things I wanted, but I often had to pay for things I needed that perhaps I would make sure that my kids had, right, Yeah. in our home. Yeah. Um, and, I, and see, this is interesting, David, because I know that this is a split family. So she said, in our home with the kids, when they are with us, right, they yeah, have right, okay. yeah, they have to do chores to be part of the household. Then there are extras they can do to earn, but not before household chores are done, right? Mm -hmm. So they've saved for their own tablets. Um, I think the value placed on earning it for themselves has paid off thus far, and we have talked about that in the past, the value of them having to pay for something. They value yeah. it far more. Yeah. Yep. I think that comes out over and over again. It has come out over and over again, hasn't it? The, mm, mm, the, mm. the, the things that you get for nothing that, you have much less respect for than the things that you had to put a bit of blood, sweat and tears into. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, David, this last one is is what we really want to talk about today, okay? Because yeah. this parent said, I want to give my children the world, but I recognise that this may not be the best thing for my children as they grow into adulthood. It makes me happy to see them happy. However, it makes me resent the purchase when they don't show enough gratitude. Totally my fault. So teaching mm. them the value of money, in my opinion, is the best gift I could give them long term. That, David, is a powerful statement. It is, and it really shows that that person has probably had some exp some experience of giving too much and then realising that it was doing harm mm. Um, mm. And, and thinking it all through. Just read it again because, as you said, it's very powerful. I want my children to give, give us again. Yeah, okay. I want to give my children the world, but I recognise that this may not be the best thing for my children as they grow into adulthood. 
it right. makes me happy to see them happy. How often have you said that as a parent, David? You want your kids to be happy, and it does. Oh. It, it makes you feel happy when they're happy, right? Yep, when they're playing nicely and they're... And yeah, they're, exactly. Yeah. But then as she said, it makes me resent the purchase when they don't show enough gratitude. They just... Because there's an expectation there that I'm going to provide this kid with the world and then when they don't, you know, bow up my feet and go, oh, thank you, Mummy, you're amazing, or thank you, Daddy, you're incredible, you know. <laughs> you're like, well, hang on a minute. I've just I've worked blood, sweat and tears for that money. I've given it to you and I don't even get a, oh, wow, that's fantastic, you know. I yeah. get nothing. So and then you resent it. You resent actually spending that money on the child because they don't appreciate it, right? Yeah. That's interesting feedback I, 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 and that is a really – a quality comment, I think I'll call that. I'm not quite sure what other words I could say, but it, insightful might be the word. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you were to think of these two opposing views, and, and, and we've had fence sitters, and I think most people would recognise that if you just give a child everything that they want, that you're basically, and the word that I think of is, you know, a spoiled, I would even say a spoiled brat, but you spoil a child when you give them everything that they want. Mm-hmm. So if you adopted the approach of giving them everything, I think everybody pretty much understands that you're probably raising an ugly person that you're going to wish that you'd never raised that way. Well, yeah. But you know what, David, when when you say that, you know, and, and I've heard people say, you know, our kids are really sport, they don't appreciate anything. But, yeah. but what does it actually mean? What does spoiling actually mean? You know, and I, I actually looked up, the dictionary for oh, really? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't have any statistics for you today, no David, so I had to so I, I had to to the dictionary, okay? Fair enough. <laughs> so You're just a fact a factual lady and you like the facts, so that's well, fine. Well, I know, I'm, exactly. I'm, and I'm, I'm like, well, that, yeah. well, what does it actually mean um to spoil a child, right? So yeah, yeah so definition of spoiling a child. Spoiling your children um, can be harmful to them both socially and de- developmentally, okay? So... That's the dictionary meaning? It, no, well, no, I, I just said that because... Oh, okay, right. Uh, that was one of the, That was the extension of it. But actually yep. spoiling them, right, it, it actually said children who are spoiled often don't have the strategies they need to learn to solve their own problems so they can lack life skills that are necessary to successfully negotiate the demands of adulthood. So that's a really interesting definition of what spoiling is, right? Yeah. I'd like to come back to that because I I would suggest that it's easy to spot a spoiled child from a mile off. If you're at the shops or anywhere in public and you see a kid throwing a tantrum or – um, just treating their p- parents like they have no respect at all. Mm, mm, I think mm. it would. Most people would go, "Oh, that's a spoiled brat child," mm, mm. and and for some reason we always put spoiled and brat together, and I'm not quite sure whether they need to be separated or not. Well, and David, I I think maybe they do need to be because, um, and it's really interesting because if you you know you you have this little child, you have a new baby, and mm-hmm. and you look at this child. And you see the wonder of this little human being and you're like, oh, my goodness, 
I want to I want to give this child the world. I want to protect them from everything that's ever going to harm them. This kid is going to have this amazing life because I'm going to make sure that they do, right? Do you women see babies differently to us blokes? Because I see a baby and I go, oh, my goodness me, it's going to have dirty nappies and cry and keep me awake. And <laughs> now, I wasn't thinking any of those thoughts that you just said. Hey, I reckon when you had your little girls, you looked in yeah. their eyes and you fell in love with them instantly and you would have done anything to protect them from any form of harm, danger, and, whatever, and you would want to give your little princess the well, world. You would I will stop you right there because you were right up until that last sentence. And oh. I, I know, and, and we will probably have a bit of a discussion or a debate about this in the, in the coming minutes because up until the point where you said you wanted to give them everything, I was right on board with you. Yeah. Definitely want to protect them and I want them to have a great life. But I knew from my childhood and, and maybe it was from hearing my father say all the time that when you give a kid everything, you spoil them. And, and I, I just know, I just knew instinctively from my own upbringing that if I were to give my kids everything they wanted, that would have been the worst thing that I could have ever done for them. Mm-hmm. And yet you, we were having this conversation the other day and you surprised me when you said, well, that's not how you saw it because you had a different upbringing than me. Well, yeah, and see, it's really interesting because I, um, and I've shared a little bit about, you know, my growing up with an alcoholic father who was a gambler and so we didn't have a lot of money, we didn't have a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, when I had children and and for me I I think back to Christmas David and a lot of people um family included and extended family look at me at Christmas time they go oh my goodness she's here comes Carolyn you know (laughs) Carolyn and Christmas um because I love Christmas right yeah because when I was growing up Christmas wasn't that important right? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make Christmas something so special for my kids. And, you know, my kids now as adults love Christmas as much as I do. So I've, you know, I've created little Christmas monsters out there, which is yep. awesome. Given them that bad habit, yeah. Absolutely, you know. <laughs> so, but, you know, we, I, I, I love giving to people. I love sharing, you know, whether it's my home or my food or my gifts or whatever it's 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 just Christmas for me is is massive but I it's because of what I lacked your childhood child that I then thought you know what my kids are going to have amazing Christmases and I did want to give them the world absolutely you know yeah but at the same time I'll then come back and say you know we we had the little child who was a fantastic tantrum thrower and so we had to learn how to deal with that as well so yeah <laughs> yeah interesting well you turned out okay by the look of it so oh um, thanks david <laughs> but i guess yeah i mean i talked like one of the other podcasts about how my dad received a letter in the mail from his dad with with some money um, and he would tell a story later on in life i didn't know about it at the time about how we would have gone hungry that week so we, we were on the the bones of our bum, although as kids we didn't know about it, my parents were, mm. at, at when we were little, little kids, like before school age. But by the time I got to high school age, we obviously my dad had been successful as a farmer and, and you know, the the money was flowing and, and we had a lot of privileges and a lot of things. But 
clearly we were taught that you know things aren't what's important in life and having lots of stuff could actually turn you into a monster so i i really understood when my kids were little that giving them everything that that i could possibly give them would would have turned them into not such desirable human beings and i definitely wouldn't have wanted that for them mm, mm, mm. so this this lady that made that last comment was obviously very aware of that sorry sorry for buttoning on you obviously very aware of that and and very thoughtfully um sort of realized that hang on a second giving my kids everything isn't necessarily doing the right thing for them well yeah and i'm glad you said that david because that's exactly where i was going to go anyway anyway by saying that um and she was very aware of that because she actually has a nine-year-old right now she has given her children the world because she was blessed with these amazing beautiful little people and she wanted to give them the world right yep and so she um she had bought this little nine-year-old a a new tire for his bicycle because it it had been wrecked and she went out and spent fifty dollars on a new tire right now two weeks after her little one had come to her and said oh mum i need a new tire and she said, well, hang on a minute, I just bought you a new tyre, what happened? And he said, oh, I just did a burnout and I put a hole in it, so it's wrecked, so I need a new one, right? And it was all very oh. it was all very matter-of-fact, right? Yeah. So she said she then thought, oh, wow, you know, I've, I've spent all this money on a tyre and you didn't even appreciate it and you've gone and wrecked it in two weeks, um, you're spoilt. And, and she right. made the comment to her husband, I think our kids are spoiled, right? Right. And But, see, I I don't see them, and you talked before about being a spoiled brat. This child is not a spoiled brat. He is spoiled because his expectation was had always been and still is, oh, well, if I need something, I just go to mummy and tell her and she buys it for me. Right. Whatever I want, I get. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So for him, he hadn't been taught any skills about learning how to solve his own problems or whatever. It was just, oh, I've got a problem. I go to mummy. Mummy solves the problem and all is good. You know, I. I so, so he didn't understand the value of money and he didn't understand the, the how to look after his possessions. Well, no, that's right, because it didn't matter because everything had always been provided for him. And we used to have a saying, and I don't know if people use it much these days, but it's like seeing people who've, um, you know, had had everything handed to them on a silver platter, right, because everything was really easy, everything came to you easily, you were given everything growing up, and you never had to work for anything. Born with a silver spoon in your mouth, I think is another saying. Yeah, Yeah, that's right, that's right. And so... Those, but it comes back to what's the actual meaning of, of spoiling a child? And it says that, you know, they don't learn to solve their own problems and they lack life skills so that they can negotiate the demands of adulthood. How many adults do you know that have been given the world on a silver platter and so their expectation is that life is always going to be easy? And then when it's not easy, they don't know how to cope, they don't know how to deal with it. Yep. So really is is that spoiling a child then just not allowing them to learn those skills yes. inadvertently by giving them too much. Yep. Um, you could call that spoiling. I mean, the, the bit that I, I think most people would agree in that you see a child who who doesn't respect the parents because the parents have become, 
you know, whatever I want, I get, and if I don't get it, I'm going to throw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's probably where you attach the word brat to the end of the word spoil. Yes, yes. And that's the danger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. So, you know, when, when we look at that first, you know, give them everything they ever wanted, um, they simply do. They learn to expect everything, but they don't value anything. So he, yeah. didn't, he didn't value his tyre. And, and I said to her, oh, well, maybe it's time that, you know, he had to start purchasing his own tyres and then he might learn to respect them. And how many times in the last few podcasts have we talked to parents who said, oh, and my kids value something so much more when they have to purchase it themselves. They have to save up it's, for it. Yeah. It's come through over and over again, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really has. And it's true for adults. And I, I've often, you know, when talking about this topic, I've said, you know, you think of two guys with a Ferrari, one who just won it in a raffle and one who spent the last 20 years saving up for it. Mm-hmm. Two years from now, which of those two Ferraris do you think will be beautifully polished and shiny yes. and which will be a wreck? Yeah. You know, yep. clearly the one that got one in a raffle or whatever mm. will have just been thrashed and abused and the one that was worked for is going to be looked after. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's like, I think we all understand that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like people who win a million dollars and they're broke 12 months later and we've talked about those, that in, you know, in podcasts <laughs> as well. Yeah. We have, yep. exactly. Yep. So I, I think what we're saying then is that um, spoiling isn't really about giving them everything that they want. It's about, and, and I think one of the biggest things that we've got to keep in perspective here is that every child is different. And as you're raising your children, you really need to be monitoring the effect and the impact of the things that you do for the child and think, well, did, was that a positive or was that a negative? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because you've got, if you've got more than one child, the unfortunate thing is that you can treat one child one way and if you treat another child the same way, you can get a different outcome. Mm, mm. And if you treat another child differently, they'll start saying, oh, it's not fair, you did such and such for, for you know Mary and you won't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've, it, it's, it's a really tricky pathway as a parent to sort of be able to recognise that all your kids are different, mm. that you want to give them everything that's good for them. And obviously, you know, their friends at school have got stuff. So they come home and say, you know, my friend's got a whatever. Can I have one too? And mm-hmm. and then they they keep pestering and reminding you that you didn't say no. So maybe that was a yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think too, David, the important thing, I just, just had a thought when you were saying, saying that, you know, about kids being different and their expectation, though, is often the same of a parent, you know. And I think... Um, and I find even in my work as a spending planner that when I start working with two parents and we're talking about money, we're talking about two people with two very different mindsets around money because of the way they've been brought up, right? Yeah. So now these parents may not be on the same page when it comes to their own money journey. So how do they then teach their children how to be money savvy or, or how yeah. to learn the concepts about good money management when they're not on the same page they have to show a united front and I remember having this conversation with my husband when our kids got up to year 12 and they wanted to purchase their first car right and Mm -hmm. and we decide well we we had the conversation and I'm not quite sure who who won (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it really shouldn't be a win or lose. Well, I know, it, but, but it, it was kind of like, you know, remember I've got the generous spirit, right? And um, and my husband is probably more analytical and practical and yeah. I wanted to give my children a graduation present. 
and the graduation mm-hmm. present. I know for some of those um, kids in grade 12, they, their parents were giving them $30,000, you know, cars as a graduation present. Well, I wasn't, quite, I wasn't quite that generous, okay? Yeah. But I did want to give them a sum of money when they graduated, right? Now, my husband and I had many conversations about what that actually looked like because we knew and the overriding factor of that was what we did for the first one, we had to do for the next two. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so therefore, we had to then look at our spending plan and go, well, what can we actually fit in and afford to give the third one? Because if we give it to the first one, we've got to be able to give it to the third one, right? <laughs> and the second, yes. The second, exactly. So, yeah, so it's about parents need to have a really united front when they're talking and teaching their kids about money, they have to be, the parents have to be on the same page as well, you know. Yeah, considering that kids can be very forceful in their tantrum throwing and argumenting and whatever, when they want something, they yep. Yep. they can be pretty, put a lot of pressure on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and if you're a pleaser, you can easily buckle into that pressure. So you have to know before these situations arise what you what your united front is clearly i mean you and i just in conversation here we've realized that our upbringing has had a big influence and impact on how we thought about bringing up our kids and they were obviously different so Mm, yeah and i know my wife's like you you know she's a big she starts christmas shopping on boxing day yeah and she's got boxes that she starts putting little gifts in all year round so by christmas time there, there's a box for every family member with just this myriad of gifts and things in there mm. that she's been buying all year long. So yeah. she would be just like you wanting to give the kids everything. Yeah. And I'm probably like your husband thinking, well, hang on a second. Uh, we don't want to ruin these kids. We want to make them appreciate the things that they get. Mm. And yeah. fortunately for my wife and I, between the two of us, I think we probably got it right. Mm. There was a bit, of, a bit of give and a bit of take. Yeah. How do parents get that united front is a question that I need that we need to answer yeah well and that's really interesting and I would say you know you have to have um well I won't say you have to have but sometimes it helps to have a third person in in that conversation right and I know that when people eventually do come and find themselves you know they find themselves in trouble with money they know that they need help so they reach out to somebody and hopefully they're going to reach out to a spending planner because we're the ones who can often sit in the middle of that conversation and say you know what guys this is what it can look like this is what we can do you guys need to start working out joint goals and where you're heading and da 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 and it's really good sometimes to have that third person in that conversation well Carolyn, I remember you telling a story once on one of our podcasts about a family that we get that went on a cruise where the whole family basically adopted this. This is what we're doing, and the kids put their pocket money in the hat, and everybody was united. And it really only happened because you, as the spending planner, came in there and helped everybody to get on the same page. Yep, yep absolutely. Yeah, I know. And it's it's really exciting when you start to see that sort of thing happen because you often go into homes and you find the stress in those homes. You can just feel it, you know, and when mum and dad start to get on board together with the goal and then the kids start to get on board as well, oh, wow, we're all going on a cruise and mummy, yep. don't give me pocket money, just put it toward my cruise so I can spend it, you know, when we're on holiday. Um, yep. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. I think it's probably important to make the note here that 
kids probably, and if you think about this for yourself, kids will probably remember in their later years the time that was spent as a family together much more than they'll remember the gifts that they were given and the things that they that were purchased for them. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you spoil a child by giving them lots of stuff mm. and not giving them attention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably as close as I can get to defining that. Mm -hmm. If if you if you think that you can substitute things for love and time mm -hmm. and that you can just buy your child's affections and what have you. Yeah. You're crazy, but if you get the balance right, you can probably buy them the moon and still not have them turn out to be the spoiled brat that I've referred to a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all about the relationship and the appreciation and, and the understanding yeah. that what it takes to actually pay for these things and having the respect. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, un understanding each other and getting on the same page as parents, but also understanding that each of your children is are going to be different, you know, and so you might need to change the delivery of, of what you want to teach them for the different children. Um, and I think Tara made that very clear a couple of weeks ago when she said that she had a 14-year-old who embraced their teaching about money really well and whereas the 11 year old really struggled and needed help to embrace those same concepts you know um yep. so yeah and and interestingly like you, you already talked about the difference between the husband and the wife and, yep. and having to be on the same page yep. but even individually like i've got two daughters yep. and they each have three children and those two daughters are like chalk and cheese you know i recognized the moment my second daughter was born that, wow, she is so different to the first one. They're just not the same. Within, yeah. within hours, I knew she was so different. Yeah. And so in all of this considering that we that you might be having after this episode of our podcast about how you're going to treat your kids and what the rules will be and whether you want to spoil them rotten and hope that it works or whether you want to give them nothing and hope that that works, mm -hmm. you need to also consider your own personality because my first daughter, my older daughter, she is pretty tough with the kids and she lays down the law and the kids accept the law and, and everything's fine and dandy. Mm. My second daughter has a totally different strategy, if you want to call it that, in that she's really placid and, and doesn't really like to ruffle the kids' feathers that much. So it, it's probably a little bit harder for her because she doesn't have that really tough kind of you-will-do-what-I-tell-you kind of personality that my first daughter does mm -hmm. so you've got to consider your own personality in the you know what you decide that you're going to do in the way you bring up your kids because mm. you've got to be able to deliver on whatever strategy that you decide is right for you as a parent and I think David that's where it's really important that you've you've got that mum dad united front because you know oftentimes if mum finds it hard to make those decisions then it's good to then have dad on board to go you know what this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it and if you find yep. that hard I'll be able to help you and support you in that you know exactly so it's working off each other's strengths yeah, isn't it absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and that's where it's and, really super important and if you don't have the conversation about what are the strengths and you don't look at your other half's and sort of work out what their strengths are mm -hmm. and look at yourself in the mirror and work out what your weaknesses and strengths are, yep. 
yep. it makes it that little bit harder because those little tackers, they can be pretty convincing when they decide they want something and you've decided it's not in their best interest that they have it. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so personality, big um, big part of the conversation, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. But interesting, if we go back to this, this, you know, what we presented last time and, and the interesting comments that people have given us, mm. and I'm not, we're not suggesting for a moment that you either try giving your kids everything or giving them nothing and making them work for everything, and that's the only way that you, you, know, you choose A or B. Mm. But interesting that all of the people that responded to your Facebook comments were pretty much erring towards, well, it's good to give them stuff that they want, but don't give them everything because they will end up not appreciating. Well, and I think, David, that first comment that um, a parent made, she said, I want my kids to have everything they need, some of what they want, and to be thankful for what they have. That That is really spot on, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's it really appreciating. Is. Yeah. Because yeah. I would put with thankful, respectful as well. I, I think they go hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This has been a very interesting chat, Carol. It really has. And I think, David, as we said last week, you know, um, our children's experiences growing up enable them to deal with the extremes that life will ultimately throw at them. So if you teach them well during their childhood about all the myriad of things that they need to know, including how to handle their money and how to, you know, how to respect it, how to earn it, how to respect it, what to do with it, um, then, you know, you're going to create some amazing young adults. This actually reminds me of my of my egg story. Have I told you my egg story? Uh, no. <laughs> when I was a little tacker, and I probably was only three years old, my earliest life memories are probably when I was three. Mm-hmm. We had chooks. I grew up on a farm, and the, the eggs were, chooks were sitting on eggs, and the eggs were ready to hatch. And my mum got the eggs and put them in the oven with the oven on a low warm temperature, just so that they like an incubator. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a little kid looking through the, the window of the oven door watching these eggs. Mummy, mummy, it's cracking. It's you know, the, can we can we break the shell and get the chicken out? And my mum said to me, Well, we could do that, but if we do that, the chicken would die. And I'm going, Why? And as a three year old, I actually understood this, which is quite amazing when I think back. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you help, if you break the egg and let that chicken out it won't develop the strength that it needs to live because it's pecking its way through that shell and it builds its muscles to be able to be strong enough to survive outside in the real world. Mm. And in a way, that's what we're talking about here. You want to give your kids as much as you can, but you've got to allow them to go through the character-building exercises that develop them as a human being, which means going without some stuff Mm. and Mm. learning that not everything is on a silver plate and being able to cope with the things that life throws at you. So Yeah. I love your egg story, David. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well there's there's a parallel story about the butterfly that develops inside the chrysalis. Right. And and I've heard that if you were to break the chrysalis open to get the butterfly out when it's time to come out, it would never be able to fly because it's in eating a little hole through the end of the chrysalis and forcing itself out through that that it pushes all of the I'll call it chemicals, but whatever it is, juices into its wings that make the wings capable of actually functioning. Mm. So similar similar kind of thing, but just a different creature. Yeah, yeah. So it has been a very interesting chat, and I I hope our listeners have kind of formed some opinions about how they should approach their raising of children from from our conversation. Yeah, hopefully. And David... Just just a little comment that I'll 
leave you with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, were you spoiled as a child? And, and Oh, fair to go. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Um, Why would you even ask that question? <laughs> well, you know, I think I think you probably were spotted as a child, but you know what? You turned out kind of sort of okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and you weren't spoiled, of course, at no, all. No, never, 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 never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so I was never spoiled. But this, this, this is a bottomless pit. This topic, it really is, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And do you know what, yeah. David? I think the this topic of teaching kids about money is really good for us grown-ups as well because it makes yeah. us consider concepts that apply to all of us. You know, all interesting. Right. Nobody fails with money on purpose. It all comes down to lack of financial education and this all begins as a kid, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So It certainly does. And we want everyone, we want you and your kids to succeed with money. So get involved. Contact yeah. us. Um, send us an email, admin at spendingplannersinstitute.com or you can post your thoughts or questions on the Succeed With Money Facebook group page. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, I encourage you to join. It's a great... You should be a member, absolutely. I yeah. know. It's a great place, great place to get your yeah. questions answered and to ask questions, you know, of us. Just search for Succeed With Money podcast and request to join the group. Succeed With Money is a podcast series by the Spending Planners Institute. We look forward to chatting with you next time when we'll be continuing this conversation, obviously. Um, about teaching your kids about money. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye for now.